0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode number 132. Fredo Esparza here. And this week we are going to talk about the upcoming Triple Mania 30 show from Monterey. Um, this would be the first Triple Mania of this year and celebrating AAA's um, 30th anniversary. Um, they're going to have three events. Big events, of course, them being Triple Mania's um, you know, this one has a lot of um outside talent coming in, which and also the the beginning of the big mask Ruleta de la Muerte um, tournament will be on this show. So we'll be talking about that. We will also be talking about Triple A and WrestleCon in Dallas, Texas, um, this weekend. Um, just give a quick rundown on some of the matches that will be on that show. Um it looks honestly, I kinda think the WrestleCon Triple A show might be might look better than the the actual Triple Mania 30th um, show for Monterey, just because um, there's a little bit, it kind of feels like there's a little bit more, um, I don't know, it's not as, um, there's not as many matches that are possibly going to be really bad that you might see on Triple Mania, and also some of the, there's some really questionable uh, matches that they came up with for that show. Uh, We'll also be talking about CMLL celebrating the Homenaje a Dos Leyendas show's over the last weekend, which included, um, oh, well, actually not over the last weekend, back in, well, what was it, March 18th, along with the following ones in Guadalajara and Puebla. Um, not a lot happened in Guadalajara, Puebla once, but um, they did honor a couple of uh, past legends um, Doral Dixon and grand Cochise, the one in Mexico city, of course, honored Ringo Mendoza. I probably won't go too in detail about those guys. I think it'd be kind of interesting to do a podcast just covering, um, those three, along with some of the recent wrestlers that passed away. Might do that when i um, Kirk comes back on the podcast, he's been wanting to do podcasts, but he's not available at the moment. Um, hopefully he will be available soon. Uh, But we'll be talking about Dos Leyenda Leyenda shows in CMLL. Also, um, some of the the latest news out of CMLL that um, includes a lot of really them covering trying to fill out their championships uh, with actual champions as opposed to having so many titles vacant. Um, But I think there's at least over 24 to 25 titles within um, the main CMLL um, group. Uh, Of course, you have, I think, a couple more in Guadalajara. um, And you also have some of the DF titles that are sometimes um, held by some of the CMLL guys. But we won't be talking about those titles. We'll be talking about the CML World, the the World Historic, formerly the NWA World Historic, now just the World Historic, uh, as well as the national titles and the Arena Coliseo Tag Team Championships. Um, Why we don't have an uh, Arena Coliseo. uh, And I don't even want to like say it and make it possibly um bring it to life just by saying it on a podcast but why do we not have more arena coliseo titles if they have the arena coliseo tag team titles which is weird because you that's really how it was even going back to when these titles existed back in the i think back in the 60s they kind of disappeared for a a stretch of time and then they were brought back later in in recent years but um, really, you didn't never had any other, like, you never had an Arena Coliseo champion, heavyweight champion, you know, a singles champion. But we'll be talking about those titles as well as some other um, news that's coming around from um, the independent scene. Not a lot, really. Uh, mostly because, you know, honestly, everything moves so quickly that it's... It, what was news one day suddenly just gets forgotten the following day especially when it comes to title changes um but that's main, the main focus will really be the the uh, the upcoming triple mania 30th show as well as the just some thoughts on cmll's recent run of um shows and the mystery of where is atlantis jr which has still not been answered um We'll talk about that during the Dos de Leyendas Rundown. Um, but before we get to CMLL, we will talk about AAA. And this weekend, they will be in um, Dallas, Texas for the WrestleCon event um, at the Fairmont Hotel. Uh, that is on March 31st, which would happens to be a... I have to check the calendar. It happens to be on Thursday. Um, hopefully, I op- upload this uh, podcast before that. Uh, but... Um, the card looks pretty good um, the main event of course being Psycho Clown versus Black Taurus um, that is really a, a, an interesting main event um, really one of the you know Battle of um, Hosses that should be a fun match to to ke- keep an eye on just um, should be fun um, the opening match is Taya Niño Hamburguesa and Microman going up against Rey Scorpion, Mini Abismo Negro and La Yedra. this is your um your trio's version of the Relevos Atómicos de Locura, uh, where they have a a female teaming up with a male wrestler and a a, a Mini, or a Micro in this case, with Microman. Um, I actually think that should be a a very entertaining match just because, first of all, you have Ray Scorpion on the heel side and Mini Abismo Negro is pretty good. Um, This is not the same Mini Abismo Negro. This is a different version. Um, But this should be a... And then you also have, really, Niño Hamburguesa Tai and Microman are very... um, popular especially the Ram being a a big star um that should be a a fun match um obviously you have a lot of some of these guys on this triple a show that are probably going to be working other shows throughout the week so it might be a good thing that these guys are doing it on a thursday you might get them at their at their peak who knows how some of how some of these guys will react um respond to wrestling over an entire weekend some of them might be a little bit worn out by the time um, some of the other shows come about not just because of wrestling, but just because of, uh, you know, travel and and going to a different city and being around a lot of fans, being more of a social type of thing um, should be difficult. But, you know, this should be a fun opener to start kick off that show. The second match is Octagon Jr. teaming up with Aramis and Mr. Iguana against Ares, Abismo Negro Jr. And Fabio Apache, again, uh, mixed Trios match with Fabi involved, uh, but Fabi is one of those female wrestlers that actually does really well against male opponents, um, and especially the guys of this size. Obviously, you're probably gonna get a lot of comedy out of Mister Iguana and Yeska, um, which Mister Iguana and Yeska were a bit of a controversy this past weekend um, during a riot show. They did this um, battle. The I guess it's the Royal Rumble or Battle Royal that they do, and. Um, Yeska was announced as one of the participants and uh, one of the other wrestlers did spots with Yeska, and it became this big viral thing where some fans and wrestlers were offended that that was killing Lucha Libre while others just realized, you know, it's just a comedy bit in a... not even like a main event. I think that's the one thing. If it wasn't a main event and it was a serious title match or something like that, I could see the people being offended. But, you know, this was just a, a battle royal that... It's just for fun and I think it's not that what's the harm in doing that? We've seen a lot of this stuff happen. it's it's weird because every time we talk about um certain wrestlers, there's certain things happening in wrestling and suddenly there's these guys who just have to like be so negative about it. and I agree I mean don't get me wrong. um I could see your point like if you don't think this was, this is good for pro wrestling, but I don't think you need to be like completely. It doesn't have to like ruin your whole view of professional wrestling or Lucha Libre where, oh my God, this is killing professional wrestling or Lucha Libre. Because um, it's not. There's other stuff that is killing <laughs> the business. Uh, there's way worse stuff than this. I mean, I mean, we're seeing a lot of stuff. We've seen a lot of stuff that has actually done more damage to professional wrestling than Jessica being thrown off a, a balcony onto a group of luchadores who had to wait for that spot to happen. It's it, it, comedy has always been a part of wrestling, and, and it always cracks me up because a lot of these guys who like are calling are, who who are the first to talk how negative this is or it's killing the business they'll do they'll have a gimmick that actually was at one point criticized for killing the business. Um, I mean, LA Park everybody knows him as a badass and a really good worker, but also the La Parca gimmick was a comedy gimmick, so it's like, I mean, the guy used to spend I mean, he he used to, like, I mean, trios matches. How many times would you get the comedy bit where he would slap guys' asses and do all that stuff? And, I mean, there's a lot of veterans who thought that was killing business at the time also. Same thing, look at Conan Big. Uh, Suddenly, everybody's willing to work with him. Um, After all those years of people talking about how he's ruining the, killing the wrestling business, and he's the reason Lucha Libre died in Monterey. I mean... It's not all his fault. There was other stuff that happened. You know, it's, it's cyclical. There's a lot of times it's just a cycle where wrestling just dies in certain territories and, or in certain places. And, you know, you just have to restart or you move on. And it's, you know, suddenly it pops up again. You know, it's just part of it's just part of the cycle. And to me, it's like I found that so annoying that they made a big deal about the whole Mr. Iguana-Yeska thing. Um, but, you know, in that match, you're going to have him doing his comedy. Like, if, if it, of course, he's going to do comedy in that. But then you also have Octagon Jr., Aramis, Ares, Abismo Negro Jr., Fabio Apache. All of them are, I mean, you cannot deny that they're all really good um, workers. Same thing with Mr. Iguana. I think that's something that uh, he gets overshadowed with because he does a lot of comedy. But that kind of, that's pretty much what his character is. It's, for the most part, it's comedy. But he could still do certain things in the ring that, you know, you can't really, like, put down. Um, He's a, he's a good wrestler. Um, It's just that he found his he found his um niche as doing a comedy gimmick you know that's the thing um the third match is the Mecha wolf and bestia 666 defending the nwa world tag team titles against aerostar and drago that should be a good match um aerostar and drago really for the most part teamed a lot in um I mean, and I, they're still teaming up a lot on the uh, like on indie shows, but it's been a while since they've been. I've seen them on AAA shows, um, as far as being kind of used in that form. But um, Lucha Underground, they were attacking for several years and off and on there and in AAA. So I think that's going to be an excellent match. The fourth match is one of those really weird matches, um, but it's a no DQ match, and I think it's actually going to be a really fun match just because you're going to have the craziness of a wild brawl street fight. That is Pagano. Um, you know he's not afraid of throwing himself into a t- onto a table um, with throwing himself into thumbtacks, throwing himself into fire. He's not afraid of doing any of those crazy things. Um, he's teaming up with Drago Kid and Jack Cartwheel to go up against Sam Adonis, Puma King, and Gringo Loco. I think that should be a good match. Um, Gringo Loco, a big upgrade over DMT Azul. I will say that, and I'm sure. Even Sam Adonis and Puma King would admit to that, um, even though DMT, their frequent tag team partners, DMT Azul. Um, Gringo Loco is a far better performer than um, DMT Azul. Plus, he's not as big of a headache as DMT Azul. Um, the fifth match, Loretto Kid versus Bandito versus Flamita for the AAA World Cruiserweight title. Um, that should be an excellent match. You know, Bandito and Flamita have been feuding on the independent scene and also previously in Ring of Honor. So you know, adding that to the, uh, this show as well as, um, they're keeping it up everywhere. So I think that's kind of cool that that's going to be part of it and all three excellent performers. Um, uh, really that's one of those matches where you're really putting three, like if you were to rank like best luchadors right now, probably three of the, the 10, 15 best luchadors right now in one match, that should be excellent. And then the main event, of course, Psycho Clown versus Black Taurus. Um, that should be a, like I said, a, a, a Haas match. As far as Lucha Libre goes, and um, overall, I think this is a really good show. I mean, this is probably like one of the few um, AAA shows that I actually think is really good, top to bottom, because every it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that feel of you know, well there's going to be a clusterfuck or there's going to be something interference that's going to happen. I'm sure there's going to be interference on this show as well, because you know, there, there, there's probably going to be other guys that are AAA affiliated that will be in Dallas over the weekend that could also be part of this. So I'm sure there's going to be some level of interference, but there's enough um, quality matches where I think this is probably going to be one of the better shows. Um, like if you're going to pay, if I was going to pay for a, a AAA show, if I was going to pay 20 bucks for a Triple A show, that would be the one show I would probably pay for. I'm not so sure about Triple Mania 30. Like, it's not really my cup of tea, the lineup that they came up with. This is a good segue, like, just based off the the fact that this, you know, I just don't feel it's like a, you know, it's not really a Lucha Libre show to me. It kind of feels like, it kind of feels like it's a mix. You know, like, it's going to bring in fans who are more nostalgic because of the whole Ruleta de la Muerte matchups. Um, Psycho Clown versus Kanek is probably going to draw a lot of the old Lucha Libre fans. The ones that are kind of like the the ones that they call the, the Las Viudas del Torreo uh, for Kanek. Rooting for Kanek, thinking he could uh, win once more, which I think he might just because you'd rather have Psycho Clown continue on in this tournament than um, Kanek um, as far as match quality goes. But... And you also have the other matches like LA Park versus Viano 4, Ultimo Dragon versus Pentagon Jr. And all those matches, Blue Demon Jr. versus Riley, all four of those Roulette de la Muerte matches, you know, are very nostalgic. So I think that's going to attract those fans. But then you're also going to attract like the non-AAA fans, like, you know, the AEW fan base. Uh, Maybe some of them, maybe some of the impact fans, maybe some of the more of the US type fans who are more into like the guys who are coming in. So I kind of feel that's more what they're going with. A mix as well as like the casual AAA fans. I think like if you're a hardcore Lucha Libre fan and you see this lineup, you might be like, eh, you know, like I'm not really that into feeling that show. Um, You might not want to watch it. I don't even know. Cause I think even like they have good, they have like, if you look up and down the card, they have some good wrestlers on on some of the, the non-Ruleta de la Muerte matches, but it's like they just, like, they mixed it up a lot. Like, they have a lot of mixed tags and, and mixed people in, in matches, so it's like, I don't know. It's, it doesn't come across that as strong of a show as as I would hope, uh, but I think it's going to get a, enough of a crowd, though. Um, there's going to be enough interest. Um, the And that's what I said. You can't cater your product to somebody who writes about lucha libre who maybe like has been around for a long stretch of time who's more of a you know and i don't even consider myself a traditionalist i kind of i enjoy good shows but like it has to be like a really good lucha libre show and that fits kind of like what i think is lucha libre and you know maybe what i think is lucha libre isn't what other people might think it is but i kind of feel like i'm even more forgiving as far as like because i'm okay with mixed tag matches um intergender matches i'm into i like matches with a lot of high spots i go to pwg shows often um every so often uh so with indie shows um i'm a little more relaxed as far as being traditional like i'm not just like oh it has to be you know a CMLL type of show i'm i'm okay with it being in fact i'm not even that i would sub there's people who are traditional they would probably say i'm not even traditionalist uh because i don't really like i there's a certain style like that i like but it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be that whole top to bottom, that type of um, show. It just has to be something that I just find entertaining. I I just like to be entertained. I don't really, and the thing for me is that this show um, has a lot of matches that I'm just not really feeling. It's, and it's a weird combination just because it's like you would think I would be cool with like watching the the, the legends but you already know those legends like the the, the roulette la muerte matches are gonna be dreadful to watch for the most part I would be shocked if anything looked good um, the triple mania 30th will kick off of course actually it will have 10 matches on it so um and interestingly enough there was a lot of non a lot of the AAA guys aren't really listed on the show so you're so for the most part I'm guessing they're gonna be in that Copa triple mania dirty lumberjack match as well as probably going to be interviewed interfering in up and down the card just because that's a that's the way it's always been um they always love to have a lot of um a lot of stuff going on on their shows um the opening match will be a marvel lucha libre match um it'd be kind of interesting if it ended up being like Hijo Vikingo working the opener again and then there's the other issue like Hijo Vikingo is scheduled for the show um he's not scheduled for Dallas i think he's scheduled for a few other um independent dates in mexico but he's still recovering from his um injury and i think he was supposed to be out three weeks and he's it would be about two more weeks from what i recall so or one week at least so it's like i don't know if he's gonna be um I don't know like I hopefully he'll be healthy by that point because you know working on an injury a lot of times a lot of the wrestlers when they work through an injury they end up suffering another injury or just keeps getting progressively worse Um, hopefully he'll be okay by then Um, but the opening match of course being the Marvel Lucha Libre match that it will be then followed by Copa Triple Mania 30 the lumberback it'll be a lumberjack match. Basically I, I would assume whoever's not listed on the rest of the card will probably be on that, in that Copa Triple Mania, along with a, probably a few surprises. Uh maybe some pre- past triple mania star Triple A stars showing up. That should be something. I don't I don't expect much from it. But um it might not be the worst Copa Triple Mania as far as uh um, just because there's so many other matches that have a chance to be really bad in this in on this card, um, that is then followed by the first of the Ruleta de la Muerte matches, which will be Ultimo Dragon versus Pentagon Jr. Um, that should be interesting, just because there's a big. Um, it's been a while since we've seen Ultimo Dragon in Mexico. I mean, I can't recall the. La- I know he's wrestled on Toriumon shows, but it's been it's been a while since we've seen him like on a you know AAA or CMLL show. So it should be interesting to see what what he has. Um, how much gas he he still has left in the tank, um, especially going up against Pentagon Jr. Uh, But for the most part, that should be, I think that should be an okay match, not something that's going to be horrible, but um, worst case, it'll just be an okay match that, you know, just someone advances to the next round of the Roulette de la Muerte mask tournament. Um, The fourth match will be Tay Conti and Sammy Guevara going up against Sexy Star 2 and Octagon Jr., as well as Maravilla and Latigo, That should be a good match. The, 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 the people involved in that have been pretty good. I think the funny thing is that AAA never refers to Sexy Star as Sexy Star 2. So every time they mention Sexy Star, everybody starts talking about, you know, oh, hope she doesn't hurt. One of the women, hopefully she doesn't hurt take Conti in this match or you know, doesn't or how could they have her working this show? You know, stuff like that. Very, you know, wag of the finger type of response at the thought of using sexy star. And you know, honestly, you would think they would kind of like just you know, put something that make it made it known that it's not um dulce dulce um Garcia or whatever the heck sexy star's name is now. Um sexy dulce. Um it's you know, just Right, sexy star too. Same thing with like Tito Santana. Everybody, every time somebody does the whole uh, "poder del norte" thing, and they mention Tito Santana, they're like, "Is that the Tito Santana from WWE?" It's like, no, dude. This guy's a, he doesn't. First, he looks nothing like him. Like him, and it's like 2022. I mean, you really think Tito Santana, the first guy, would be in uh, working a prominent uh, trio and in Triple A? in 2022. I shouldn't even say that cuz it's possible. You know, we've seen we've seen crazier things happen in pro wrestling. The fifth match will be Ali Park versus Viano for in the Ruleta de la Muerte ma, uh, mass tournament. Again, Alley Park's good. Um they'll probably keep it as a brawl, but last time the Viano was on a triple mania, it would, did not end well. Um it got a lot of bad um um, Republicity as one of the worst matches in Triple Mania history so uh, we might actually um, I don't think it'll be the worst Triple Mania match um, because obviously it's just a singles match and it's Alley Park might be something kept short and it might be something that's bad but it won't be like the worst thing that we'll ever see on a Triple Mania event um, the sixth match on the card will be Dragon Lee and Drillistico going up against Johnny Superstar and Taurus and Loretto Kid who will be teaming with a surprise luchador who knows who it will be? Um, could be somebody new, could be somebody from AAA, could be uh, somebody coming in from AEW or Impact. We do not know. But that should be a good match. I mean, for the most part, you got some talented workers in the match and you also, um, Dralistico, basically, we know what he does. He keeps it to, um, if he keeps it just to doing his big dives and and limits what he's going to, they limit what he's going to do. I mean, it'll be perfectly fine. That will be followed by the seventh match, which is Blue Demon Jr. versus Rayo de Jalisco Jr. in a Ruleta de la Muerte mask tournament match. Um, That will probably be really bad, but I also expect that to have a lot of interference in it just because some of the names not included on the show are like DMT Azul, who has, you could always build up a rivalry between him and Blue Demon Jr. And then you also have um, Rayo de Jalisco Jr. um, being there you could always bring in um, NGD to go after him. So there could be a lot of interference. La, the rest of La Empresa, maybe a few other people. I could see that being a very interference-heavy match. And that also determining who who advances, who loses and advances into the, the next round. After that, we get the eighth match, which is probably, like of all the matches, this is probably the weirdest match out of the entire Triple Mania 30th card from Monterey. Pagano will be teaming up with Bandito and Taya to go up against Andrade El Idolo, Cibernetico, and Diana purazo I think they're trying to get like all these three people that could possibly have singles matches in future um, Triple Manias, upcoming Triple Manias. Like I could totally see Pagano and Cibernetico being a match that they want to do at some point um, on a A show. I could see Taya, obviously Taya versus Diana's probably something that they're planning on doing on one of the upcoming uh, triple mania shows and then there's also a possible bandito versus andrade alidolo type of match on a on a future triple mania show or you know even andrade versus pagano and bandito versus cibernetico you go either way um, but still like it tri- as a trios match it's just so weird to see that I think that's the thing. I, I kind of just find it weird. It's not that I think it's going to be bad. It's just that I just think it's going to be weird. It, it has potential for being bad just because Cibernético in the match. But again, this is also going to be another match that I would not be shocked if we see like th- those Vipers involved. Uh, maybe a few other people get involved in the match just because that's kind of what um, AAA is all about. You know, they have interferences in their matches. Um, the ninth match is probably the match that I think is going to um, attract the... What would be the... Certain fans, because it is Psycho Clown versus Kanek in the Ruleta de la Muerte Mass Tournament. You obviously have this kind of symbolizing El Toreo versus AAA. Um, two different eras of, of, of Lucha Libre going head to head against each other. Um, I think it's actually a pretty uh, creative thing to do as far as um, as a match. Um, I think it probably would have worked maybe 10 years ago when Psycho Clown was kind of climbing up the ladder and Connect was a little bit younger. Um, obviously, there's no real period of time where it could have actually, unless you did like a like in the 90s and it was Kinect versus somebody else. And they did do that. I mean, you did have a lot of Connect versus like Cibernetico sort of. Deal with within AAA back when you know Kanek was at least still a little bit more mobile than he is now. Um Now I mean this is going to be like you're basically going up against a uh, uh, Psycho Clown is for what late 30s going up against Kanek who's a uh, a uh, uh, some somewhere in his mid 70s. I don't know that match. That match sounds scary, but again I think there's going to be a limitation to what they're going to do. A- another match that could possibly include some interference, Um but for the most part I I, I think. I I, I kind of have a feeling that we're gonna get a lot of the, the the guys who probably should win end up losing in that tournament because they kind of want to make the 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 matches come off a little better. Um, I would be shocked if like like to me my guess is if I had to guess I would guess Pentagon Junior, Viano Four, or Alley Park. That's probably the one I would probably be a little bit more. I think Pentagon Junior, Viano Four blue demon jr and psycho clown would probably be the four that would end up losing just because you kind of want to have a better match towards as you advance to the the the, the, the final um i wouldn't be shocked if we ended up getting like psycho clown versus Viano four as a main of as the as the big mass match at the final triple mania or you know mate but you know, you could also get something a lot worse, but um, that's kind of like my feeling that we're going to end up with Psycho Clown versus Viano 4 as the, as the match, just because you're trying to build up the, your own guy. And this this show, while it's, this show kind of feels more like it's more about the outside talent that's coming in, um, at some point you kind of have to have like one match where it's like we're going to build up our own guy and... Obviously, that would be the... I don't know. I mean, the, the losers advancing might be... Maybe they go winners advancing. Who knows? I would think it's losers advancing, uh, which kind of makes it a little bit stranger to go to the final. Um, but, you know, that's... To me, that's that's the match that I, I wouldn't be shocked at. It gets the most interest as far as certain, a certain fan base. Um, then we get to the main event, which is the 10th match on the show, which is Hijo de vikingo and Phoenix going up against the Young Bucks. This should be good certain fans aren't really big on this the what the young bucks this style of match but i think if you're a triple a fan i think you're pretty much already accustomed to this and you might be a bigger you might be a little bit more okay with this um i think the big concern for me is like whether or not he'll and phoenix will be available for that match um and how likely triple a is going to tell us that they'll be available because phoenix hasn't been around for a bit and uh, we don't know when he'll be back um, he had a very, like, it looked really bad. The, his, his arm injury on that AEW show was, it looked really bad. Um, maybe he does make it on time for this show, but Hijo de Vikingo, I'm guessing he should be okay by that point. Um, it's a month away from, from, from now, so I could see him possibly being ready for that. Um, I guess we'll know about Phoenix being his health probably this weekend how, or in the upcoming days, but that said, this should be a great match. Um, i don't know what the direction is with that as far as you know maybe they're gonna have you know the young bucks be champions <laughs> maybe they win the triple tag titles by that point in time from ftr and end up defending them against the King on phoenix um do you like go that direction uh, i don't know i just kind of figure maybe they would have done something a little different but you know i think it's going to be a, an excellent match you also, run there's also the possibility because they didn't announce a lot of guys on the show that maybe, um, when if if Phoenix or Joe Kingo can't go, they have somebody else available to replace them. You know, by they could always move up somebody from the card up to that match, and then you know, the other guys that weren't listed could be on the other card uh, on the undercard. Um, but it should be an interesting um, Triple Mania 30th, the first um, chapter one or the first um, show, Um uh, but. I could totally understand, like... I I think it's interesting as far as a show. I'm worried that the fact that they have 10 matches and a lot of these matches are... Um, especially Copa Triple Mania. That could go really long. This could be a really long show. I could see this being a... Way past... This could be somewhere in the four-hour range, which is really scary as far as... I'm sitting through a, a wrestling show. I know there's a lot of people who actually don't mind doing that. But, you know, for me, myself, personally, I mean... I, I'm perfectly fine with a 90-minute show. Like, I will be ecstatic with a 90-minute show. But that's not going to be that. That's not going to be Triple Mania. Um, but, you know, it should be interesting. Uh, I'd be curious to see how the, what the lineup looks like the day of the event. Just because, like I said, there's a lot of uh, possibilities as far as um, guys who might not be ready. And then there's also some, you know, because you're bringing in so many um, people outside of Triple A, um, some people might back out. I'm trying to think if there's anything about AAA other than the injuries from Hijo the King on Phoenix. I think that's about it from AAA. Um, Pimpinella announced that he had left, but I think he's still going to end up showing up on AAA shows. Just not—he's probably just going to be working a lot more independent shows than he was previously. That aren't affiliated with AAA. So we might—we've already seen him with Robles Promotion. Um, Robles Promotion at some point, like if Robles Promotion ever starts running like slightly more—they're—they're um, they're starting to run more shows. But if they start like they have like something that at least like stream it online, then I think they're going to have to be a promotion that we might have to start talking about just because I could see them lasting a little bit longer. For some reason, they've been able to pull off like bringing in talent from both CMLL and AAA, uh, take talent away from those um, promotions. Um, CMLL uh, recently just celebrated their Dos Leyendas shows. Uh, Obviously, in Mexico City, they honored they honor on all three events, they honor Salvador Lutero. But on in the Mexico City show, they honored Ringo Mendoza. In Puebla, they honored Doral Dixon. And in um, Guadalajara, they honored Gran Cochise. Um, all three deserving of being honored. Um, excellent. Like, if you go through history of, of CMLL, you see so much of what they contributed to the promotion um, as far as um, big matches. Um, I think people don't like. Like I think, if obviously Doral Dixon, all of them are from a different era, but really Ringo Mendoza might be the one that most of us kind of that got into lucha libre more recently uh, might be a little more familiar because there's so much more footage of him available, and the fact that he um, he was still kind of active like not too long ago, and I think there's also a lot of people who are like, yeah, Ringo Mendoza he was a good mid Carter, but you know during the 70s and early 80s he was a he was a legitimate star for the promotion, um, one of the guys who pretty much was an EMLL, CMLL um, standard, kind of in the Atlantis role. Doral Dixon, different era. Uh, another huge star, really the first um, black wrestling star in, in Lucha Libre. Really talented. Uh, one of those great body. I mean, the guy he looked like he was like made out of stone just because the physique was so uh, impo- impressive. I mean, I remember like the first time I actually saw him was like on a Juarez Lucha show. They were airing Juarez um, Lucha on television and he was doing an interview and the guy looked exactly what he looked like more he like from when he first started wrestling to like right now to like right now like when he did the the dos leyendas appearance. I mean the guy has not aged one bit. I mean you see the little bit of him aging but it's not it's not that noticeable. Um Gran Cochise is probably the one that's most forgotten out of all of these guys, but he was a really, really um good performer for um for EMLL during the mid to late 70s all the way through the early 80s really like he had that that tag team with um i think it was um i'm trying to remember i think it was Sangre India or i'm trying to remember who it was but that was a really good tag team that they were they, they he was with um and also one of the top um challengers to Satanico for the middleweight title um always one of the big threats to the to championships um so he was really like somebody that that was a, a big star during that era, um, and later on became a a, a trainer for um, a lot of names um, in the Guadalajara area. So one of the things that we've been seeing with um, Dos Leyendas, really the the card itself, I kind of thought it was a you know it was an okay card. Um, they decided to crown new CML World Trios champions on the show. The that was really one of the big attractions, along with the finals for the in a where where you know the women um put up a, um, either the mask or hair and then they actually like i think they realized that they didn't have this the card wasn't really that strong that they added a narrow casas versus templario match one of the sad things about this was that leading up to this match we had the, the the announcement of the passing of um black warrior jr um who was who passed away at the age of 24 and so you had a lot of um connections on this show to him obviously um he was one of the he was supposed to be one of the depredadores for volador junior song faction and um never got the opportunity to do that and then he was he's also related to the the through marriage he's related to the casas family so you had narrow casas having to wrestle on the show so you had a lot of like and i'm sure a lot of these guys you know because they they they're in such a you know similar inner circle that I'm sure a lot of them knew knew him well. Some just, you know, and at the age of 24 to see somebody pass that pass away so young, um, very sad. Um, so, you know, you had this card going on with that, and then, you know, really it kind of it kind of like, it, it, you kind of felt like there was, it, you know, I don't know, it just really seemed like, you know, CMLL really didn't go make an effort to like even like mention that he had passed away or anything. So, that was even like even worse. Um, I think it was on a Thursday that he passed away. Actually, it was the Thursday prior to um, Dos Leyendas. It, it was really like one of those. Um, it just hit them really hard, and you have a lot of guy people on CML's roster who are so connected to that, to to what, to the situation and his passing. Um, the opening match for the car, for for the Dos Leyendas was Eléctrico, Halcon Suriano Jr. and Robin beating Cachorro, El Suicida and Panterita del Ring Jr. Um, I'm really kind of enjoying that they're putting a little more focus on the lightweight division. This is some a, t- a division that really wasn't really... You know, other than really like Virus and Dragon Lee um, holding the titles and then later on Kawato-san winning it. There really wasn't this a lot of talk about this title. Um, but it's kind of cool to see this title because I kind of feel that this is the title that's the stepping stone for a lot of these guys to move up in weight class and to become welterweights. You know, you see some of the younger guys kind of move up to that. Some guys don't really, you know, gain weight or uh, they're just naturally smaller wrestlers. So it kind of, they kind of stick to the lightweight division. But I think it's, it's always been one of those fun divisions just because that's really where um, guys like Nero Casas, Black Terry, Black Man, a lot of the guys from like the early eighties, they started at that weight class and then eventually moved up to welterweight and then middleweight, you know, and then, you know, obviously became stars on their own as, as far as, you know, just from all the success that they had. Um, so I'm kind of digging the fact that they're bringing that title and making it more prominent. Unfortunately, I kind of wish they would get, make it a little bit more, uh, you know, the champions. I think it's cool that they get, I mean, Panterita the Ring Jr. Is somebody that I think should be higher on cards. Um, hopefully they realize that a little sooner rather than later because he's really good. Um, and he really should be working with a, a little bit more of a, a, a more um, prominent featured group. You know in matches against guys who are kind of like a little bit better. It's funny because CMLL will do like a, a main event and they'll have like Volador Junior team up with Atlantis and Pantedrita their ring when they should really be doing like Volador Junior teaming up with Atlantis Junior and Pantedrita their ring junior that should be the, the main event trio and they they'll rather, they'd rather go with the opposite and I think that's what's gonna end up happening with like with Nero Casas now going technical um, and that was the other story on the show um Negro Casas beat. Templario and after the match Nero Castas declared that he wanted to be a technical going forward I really dug that Nero Castas gave when he asked was asked why he was going technical he kind of explained that you know, fans just don't boo him, anyways. So to him, it made more sense to just be a technical, since they're gonna cheer him, and even the Rudo side's gonna cheer um, Nero Casas because he's he's a legend. Um, he's kind of like it's kind of like in that that Ric Flair type of role where um, no matter what he does, people are gonna cheer him. So Casas decided, you know, let me just do this. And I thought it was kind of cool that he kind of wants to work with some of the the younger Rudos. Something that he's done with the technicals. although I think he probably it would have made sense for him to have stayed with the with the younger Technicos, but also he's 62 years old, and I think it's kind of getting to that point where maybe we don't want to see him doing Spanish flies off the top rope uh, with somebody like Volador Jr., or ne- even now the younger guys like Pantarita Ring Jr., or um, Suicida, or guys like that. But I thought that was kind of cool, and I think I'm, I'm. the only thing I'm kind of disappointed is that they should have had Templario beat Nero Casas just because you're trying to build up Templario as the next big Rudo, young Rudo that you have in the promotion. Um, that was then followed by the Relevo Suicida Tag Team Final as Marcella and La Metallica beat La Vaquerita and Reina Isis to send them into the the, the mask versus hair match, which was Reina Isis beating La Vaquerita. Reina Isis used a, a cool finisher to to win, to, to beat the, um, La Vaquerita. Um, I think it's a move that she said was in honor of um, her trainer, Arcangel de la Muerte. You know, for the most part, some of these matches, you're just, you just, that's the one thing. That's the one bad thing with CML is that they don't have a, they don't have somebody who can actually like kind of explain, come up with like a more creative type of match. And I don't even know if you could actually do that with some of the talent that they have just because, um, and not just the talent, but also the type of the way they book the matches. Like if you're going to do a tournament match, I mean, tournaments, you're not really going to get like a, if you're doing five, six minute sprint matches, it's like, you're not really expecting a lot from certain guys to, in what they're doing in those matches. Ringo Mendoza was then honored after that match. And then we were led to the CML World Trios title tournament where Los Malditos del Ring at, ended up winning the titles as they beat Los Bernables in the semifinal. And then in the final, they beat Atlantis, Grand Guerrero, and Ultimo Guerrero, who also actually beat Los Infernales to advance to the final. Um, one of the things that came up that happened was that Atlantis Senior invade uh, replaced atlantis jr no reason was given by cmll no um nothing was mentioned other than he didn't you know he didn't appear and atlantis jr i don't think he has a lot of uh, a strong social media presence where um he hasn't been um i don't think anybody's mentioned what's wrong with him um uh, i know when soberano jr got hurt there was really no cml didn't mention it what ended up who ended up mentioning was um, Sobrano Jr. Maybe like a month or so later, where he was talking about how he was out with an injury, and he was the one that kind of brought it up and you know told the story. And for the most part, when when wrestlers get hurt, it's not really the promotions that talk about them being injured. Like even A doesn't. Like Ihol Vikingo when he got hurt, it was more um, Hijo Vikingo bringing it up. So you know, I think there's a lot of concern with Atlantis Jr. If he's injured, um, what's going on? You know, there's a lot of. And that's the bad thing. Is like CMLL probably should have said something just to like, like you know, calm down everything. But you know they haven't said anything. Um, hopefully he's okay. Just because you know he's a very talented wrestler, and this kind of seems to have like killed off the whole, or not killed off, just silenced the whole Atlantis Jr. versus Tuka Jr. mass match. Now we're getting at a lot of Atlantis Sr. versus Tuka Jr. Um, interaction and you know being booked in matches. I don't know if it would make sense to just switch over to Atlantis Junior versus um, Stuka Junior if there is something like if Stu- Atlantis Junior is out with a serious injury. Uh, just because I think while it might be a cool thing to see Atlantis win another title, another mask, I don't know if if it's necessary. And it's really like I think it would be more important for Atlantis Junior to start making a... a his own um, history. And this would be a good way to like build him up. Um, So hopefully he's okay. And it's just something that, you know, he was hurt for a stretch of time and he'll come back at some point. Um, Who knows? I mean, or, you know, it could be even worse. I don't know. Like the, the way CMLL has been handling stuff. Like, I think there's been people who have thought maybe he's left CMLL, which, you know, when people start thinking about that, then that's when you start worrying about whether or not, I don't think he left. I think he's probably hurt. I would be shocked. Like if he left just because, that would be like a huge, like that would be like a way of like, they CML has had some talent that has left, that you kind of question, you know, especially when Mystical left. I think that was really like the 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 you know Mystical 2 who's now trialistical that kind of like that kind of was a bit of a surprise, but you know even that wasn't that big of a deal. But for this, if Atlantis Junior were to leave CMLL, because that's really where you're kind of not 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 talking about it, it's gonna have a lot of people kind of like insinuating that something's up with him. And so I kind of think they should have just said something. Um, and I think that kind of threw off a lot of what their plans were because I think the, the girls at the, the Inferno girls at Atlantis, that was the plan to have them win the titles to build up Atlantis Jr. and, you know, keep building him up against Stuka Jr. And um, him not them not winning and them going instead with Los Malditos of um, Sagrado and Gemelos Diablo 1 and 2. Um, Seem to be like a, a completely different thing to go with. Um, obviously, they could have gone with Los Infernales, but Los Infernales, two of them already have titles, so made more sense. Also, the fact that they're doing this CMLL Universal Tournament in April uh, made more sense to have more options as far as champions going on, which we will talk about in a bit. But um, you know, I'll, hopefully, Atlanta Jr. is going to be okay because. I don't know if we're gonna. I could handle Atlantis teaming up with Ultimo Guerrero and Gran Guerrero. It, it's not. It's not the same, you know. Atlantis isn't. Can't go at the level at the rate that his his son is going right now. Um, the main event was Averno and Mystico beating TJP and Volador Jr. in a Relevos Increíbles match. Um, this was probably the best match on the show. So, uh, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, but on, to be fair, this show just was like Dos Leyendas. It's just. I don't know like it's just there's just it's, n- it's not necessarily the show but it's like the the way CMLL is coming up with their lineups it's just I don't know it's just it's not like they don't have talent to like come up with a really strong show and you could even have some of these like questionable matchups but if you're able to give like if you're doing a, a five or six match card and you can't pull off two or three good matches I don't know I mean especially with the rostered CML house even with the talent that they've had leave it really surprises me that they're not able to pull that off. Um, Not that they were even doing that when all that talent was there, because like even the last, um, prior to the pandemic, we're already starting to see a lot of um, the decline in in match quality on CMLL shows. Other news from CMLL, Echisera retained the CMLL World Heavyweight title against Grand Guerrero in Arena Coliseo on March 19th. Um, CMLL has been um, trying to fill out all their titles and also... Um, trying to feature more title matches on shows. Um, that's something we're seeing a lot more frequently. Uh, for a long stretch of time, we weren't really seeing a lot of title matches. Um, now, for whatever reason, I think at least once or twice every week, we're seeing at least one title match or like one match that's leading up to a title match for the following week. So at least we're kind of getting that. But the problem is there's so many titles in CMLL um, that it kind of it's kind of hard to like keep up with them and really think that they're that big of a deal. The other big thing going on in, on on the weekend shows was um, there's there was a Cronio versus Volcano feud in Arena Coliseo. Um, that's been going on. Surprised so they kept that in Coliseo, but you know the, you know to be to be honest, I think that's something you. I think they, I think that that I think that's kind of cool that they're kind of trying to add something to their the other shows um, that maybe isn't happening on other shows. You would think they would do that more often. I, hopeful, I hope this is something that they're going to trend towards. Um, but I also think they probably should start streaming all this. Like, to me, it would be so much cooler if, like, CML streamed all their shows and gave you the option to watch all these shows on, a like, on a streaming platform of any type, either it be a subscription based on YouTube um, or something else. Not something where you have to watch it live and then can't watch it later on. Um, but, like, I don't know, like, I feel like it's something that that CML should look into. I think there's some stuff like even like the the weekend shows like some of the lineups don't like impress interest me. But there's always like maybe one or two matches like this past um they had a recent Tuesday show where I I actually watched the, half of the show just because I they they were um doing the the tournament for to crown the new CML Super Lightweight Champion and they also did a, a Chamuel defending the the CML Micro Astrea's title against Hémero Diablo one. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, to me, anything that involves like lightweight wrestlers is always going to be something that interests me, just because it's it, you know there's a chance that it's going to be good. Um, this wasn't that great, but I mean, it was it was strong enough where it was good enough where I, I was entertained. Um, I was a little disappointed in the result that Stigma ended up winning the title when you know you have Halcon Soriano Jr. Suicida. And the, the Guadalajara guys, the guys that came in from Guadalajara were pretty good. And Asturiano. Um, you have those guys who are far more flashier, and you end up giving it to Stigma, who isn't bad, but he's very generic as far as the technical goes. I would actually turn Stigma um, heel. But one of the things that we're also seeing with CML is that they're really, they're kind of trying to blur the line between Rudos and Technicos for the most part. So you're getting a lot of matches where it's like Rudos versus, you know, Technicos versus Technicos, where one of the Rudos. Um, teams is being more ru- um, Rudo, acting more Rudo than the other ones I just thought we, we should run down with, with the Universal Tournament coming up um, let's give a rundown on who are the current CMLL champions, you know some of these guys aren't going to be involved in the Universal Tournament obviously because they're not You know, they don't, they're don't. they not going to add the women they're not going to add the micros and they're not going to add the minis so you could scratch them out um, the current CML Micro Estrellas Champion of course is Chamuel the minis champion is Mercurio, who recently won the title from Shockercito. Um, I'll just go through the non-universal tournament uh, possibilities. Um, the women, as far as the women go, um, you have the CML World Women's Champion, Princesses Suhey, the National Women's Champion, Dark Silhouetta, although she's going to be defending her title soon and could possibly drop it. Um, the National Women's Tag Team Champions are La Jauruchita and Yuvia, and those are your women's champions. And then you have All the regular size male, um, the weight class, um, they vary in weight classes from heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, welterweight, lightweight. Um, So you have a lot of light heavyweight. uh, I think I mentioned that. Um, So you have a lot of different weight classes. You, of course, have the CML champions, the World Historic Champions, which, you know, they've actually dropped the NWA for the time being, which is really silly to me. Um, To me, those titles are probably the ones I would probably um, combine with some other titles, with the CML titles, just because I think you're going to be constantly having issues with the NWA name um, and you're running the threat of a possible lawsuit at some point, which, you know, obviously it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, to me, it'd be kind of cool just to like have one guy be the the CML world and historic welterweight champion. And then you have the national titles kind of be the, the, the number one contenders to the, the world titles instead of just this whole thing. But you have, as far as the CML World Super Lightweight Champion, you have Stigma, um, the CML World Welterweight Champion, Titan, the CML World Middleweight Champion, Sobrano Jr. Um, he actually vacated the national welterweight t- title. So that is one the one title that is still vacant, along with the Arena Coliseal Tag Team titles, which will be um, crowned this upcoming Saturday. Um, but the, I think that's the next big tournament we're gonna get is the National Welterweight Championship tournament. Um, I would not I would expect it to happen sometime in April or May um, just because it kind of seems like they're kind of in a, in a run of um, crowning new champions and I think that would be something that they probably want to fill out before um, there's any issues with that title. Um, the CML World Light Heavyweight Champion is Niebla Roja. The CML World Heavyweight Champion is Echicero. um The CML World Tag Team Champions, The Chavez brothers, Ángel de Oro and Niebla Roja. Um, The CML World Trios champions are the recently crowned El Sagrado and Gemelos Diablo. Um, The NWA World Historic Welterweight champion is Volador Jr. The World Historic Middleweight champion is Mystico. And the World Historic Light Heavyweight champion is Duka Jr. Now we get to the national titles. Controversy over the years with these titles. Oh, I didn't even mention the the national tag team champ. Well, I'll mention it right now. So the national... Lightweight champion is Panterita del Ring Jr. Um, The welterweight title, of course, is currently vacant, as I said. Um, The national middleweight champion is Templario. The national light heavyweight champion is Angel de Oro. And the national heavyweight champion is Euphoria. Then we have the national tag team champions, Esfinja and Fugaz, who just won those titles from Bolvara and Felino Jr. And the national trios champions are Virus, Cancer Cancerbero, and Raciel. Raciel is currently out with an injury. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if those titles get um, vacated and there's a new tournament for those titles as well. At some point as, um, within the next few months, maybe they wait out. Maybe Raciel isn't that Maybe Roselle comes back sooner. Um, the Arena Coliseo tag team titles will be determined this upcoming Saturday with a tag match between Akuma and Espanto Jr. versus Ombre Bala Jr. and Robin. Like I said, that's kind of cool that they're doing something different with Arena Coliseo, giving some of the other guys a, a chance to like headline those shows or work higher on cards on those shows or get titles. Um, I think that's something that they should really consider doing. Like it, it should be more like certain guys should be focused on there and maybe never be on a Friday show Um, Not that they shouldn't be on a Friday show, but, you know, maybe not so frequently. Like, is it wrong, like, to not have, maybe just have Inquisitor, certain guys exiled to the Sunday or Saturday shows or the Tuesday shows, and then, like, maybe focus more, like, have a certain focus on on the Friday shows, maybe every once in a while, have one of the other guys on that show. Um, I think that's something that they should really consider. Um, Something they used to do in the past, like, you didn't automatically get put into a Friday show in in emll back in the day you kind of had to work your way up by working the the sunday um and tuesday shows and maybe some of the guadalajara and puebla shows then you would eventually make it to the big friday shows and be part of those shows maybe not be on every show but you would be one of those guys who's kind of in a rotation under you know as part of that that um that the bigger show of the the week so um you know i it'd be interesting to see what what the universal tournament will look like all Oddly enough, Ultimo Girl isn't scheduled to be on this, which is why I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get a title on him at some point. You know, it's interesting, like, even Gran Guerrero isn't on this. So it's, I think that was the plan to get, that's why I think they were trying to get, because uh, it would have been, like, if they would have given, gone with the Girls Laguneros or Girls of the Atlantida and give one, they won the Senior World Trios titles, then you could have had, like, you know Atlantis jr would have had a title and you could have had him facing stuka jr at some point in the universal tournament to like kind of keep building up the the their um their issues so that's kind of going to that's going to be interesting to see what they do as far as who's going to be in the universal tournament who ends up winning odds are volador jr if 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 you're gonna Vol- Volador Jr. has the, the usually if you're gonna give make an odds type of thing, Volador Jr. Is, should be placed high just because he, he's usually the one. If it's not Volador Jr. or that usually ends up winning um, one of these tournaments, although I wouldn't be shocked if he did in this time around. It's just a it's also interesting that there's like a, a very different mix of guys on this on the show. It should be interesting to see what that Universal tournament looks like um, and what the final will be on that. Other news, Cinta de Oro 2. I always call him 2 because, to me, there is only one Cinta de Oro, and that is the one that was in Juarez during my childhood back in the 80s. Um, this one, of course, being the former Sin Cara, um, now wrestling as Cinta de Oro. He won the vacant the Crash Heavyweight title on March 18th. A few days later, Hijo de Vikingo met him to hand him the title belt, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, they actually took a picture together with him, giving him the title, which... It's going to, like, as everybody, like, I think Rob Viper made a joke about um, how um, how this will probably end up happening again within another month when Cinta de Oro has to hand the title back to Ijo de Kingo because you always know there's always a possibility that um, there's either going to be an issue with Cinta de Oro and the crash or there's going to be a, a reunion with Conan and AAA with the crash and then Hijo de Kingo comes back to uh, work the crash shows so that's actually something that I, I find um, I found amusing um, the other news was also um, big news was Dark Angel will be making her in-ring return on some of the upcoming Robles promotion shows in Mexico uh, she actually posted a video of her um, announcing her return on her YouTube channel and she's um, she started training I think she's been back for at least the last few days in 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 Mexico I think she said she was gonna be there preparing for six weeks. So she's probably been back for about a week, week and a half preparing training to um to be um, to get back in shape to back into wrestling shape. I don't mean the you know, just back into wrestling shape so she's able to work it. I, I don't know if she was asked if why she chose to uh, make her return with the Robles promotion. Surprised she didn't get offered to work CMLL shows but I think right now Robles is probably offering a little bit more money <laughs> than um, CMLL would just to work a, a, a random show or, or a random weekend shows it would have been cool like if they could have talked her into coming back just for a, a weekend a big return but you know I'm sure possibilities that that could happen down the road um, but her coming back with Robles you know there's a lot of like CMLL, XCMLL play talent that's going to that going working for Robles And even like people who were gone for a few um, for maybe a few years are just making their way back. You know, you had Marco Corleone make his return to to wrestling on some of those shows. So should be should be interesting to see what she what she looks like in the ring um, because she's been gone for a while. And I don't think she's going to be I don't think she's going to be that bad just because, you know, even if she is, I mean, it's not like there's far worse wrestlers in in mexico right now so it's like it's not even going to be like a, a it's not it's just going to be something that you know it just go The people are just going to look at it and be like okay she had, she made her return i think the big the big thing is like if she looks good it and performs well whether or not she's going to get the rustling bug back and want to work go back to working full time or if she's um you know if she's going to get some interest from other independent promoters in mexico as well as outside of mexico um is she going to become you know start you know getting a little bit of a interest in in her coming back to russell um that's something that we that i'm interested interested to see what happens with that but that's pretty much what i always expect with like people coming back like whenever you um they're gone for a bit and then you're like oh i wonder if they're going to get a lot of interest where they'll show up uh, what they'll do i wouldn't be shocked if she actually makes her way back um, to see ML at some point, just to make an appearance. That's it for this week's podcast. Uh, we will be back again soon. Um, don't know when. I think Kurt will probably be back on on a show just because he's been talk, he's been texting and calling me and telling me he wants to do another um, podcast. Um, unfortunately, uh, when Kurt says he wants to do another podcast, that could be anywhere from days, weeks, months. Um, who knows when? Uh, but if he doesn't make it, I'll probably do another podcast soon. Probably before the. Sometime before the Triple Mania show, or maybe even before, even after, but yeah, definitely check out LuchaWorld.com for the latest news. Um, also, check out my retro wrestling review site, RetroWrestling.com. Uh, we're also on Patreon at Patreon.com/LuchaWorld. Also on YouTube. Um, if you're not listening to the show on YouTube, you could find this podcast and other um, show reviews and possibly other podcasts and other content on on um our YouTube channel, Retro Wrestling. The Retro Wrestling YouTube channel. Check that out. Subscribe. Like. Yeah, that's about it for this week. So um we'll be back again soon. Take care everyone.